Just Man's the Podcast. What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to the podcast. I am Amanda, your host, and today we have a good episode for you guys. It's a special one because it's my first guest on the show, and she's one of my best friends. So Abby Harley and I met in the eighth grade and went to a small private school throughout high school in Orlando, Florida. So we basically grown up together. She went to Auburn where she graduated with a degree in PR a year early, but we continued to stay in touch despite the distance. She actually went to Napa with me um, and my parents for my 21st birthday, which was an absolute blast, but Abby and I are both so into health and fitness, like we're the same person when it comes to that, and drinking three days straight is just a lot for us. My parents were like, okay, you guys are supposed to be the ones that can rally. We're 50 years old. Get it together. And we were like, oh my gosh, it's 10 a.m. on Saturday, the second day. We're like, we have to drink wine. Okay. (laughs) But um, I actually vlogged that and I put it on my YouTube channel so you guys can go check that out and see Abby and I drinking wine, getting a little tips in Napa. Abby is now the founder and creative director of Nova Social Company, a boutique digital marketing firm serving businesses through social media strategy, branding, and web design. You guys, she is one of the most hardworking, disciplined, and creatively driven people that I know, which is why I wanted to have her come on for this topic. In this episode, we talk about how to land a job after college, finding the confidence to quit your job, and behind the scenes of what it's like to work in social media. Also, she just got engaged and we get all of the scoop on how it happened. I don't want to waste any more time because this is kind of a lengthy episode, so without further ado, let's get into it. Okay, guys, we are here with one of my best friends ever, Abby Harley. How are you guys? Thank you so much, Amanda, for having me. (laughs) Thanks for coming on the podcast. You're my first guest. I'm so excited. I'm so flattered. Do you feel honored? I am more than honored, Amanda. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Before we get into the episode with Abby about business and starting her own job, I wanted to talk about her engagement because she just got engaged. I did. Oh my gosh, it's so exciting. <laughs> so I actually found out, you got engaged what, last Friday, the 21st of February? I got engaged on the 22nd on a Saturday night, and I'll go a little bit into, um, you know, how he did it. How it and happened. a little bit of background. Yeah, how it happened. A little bit back, bit of background um, about Andrew and I. So Andrew and I met at Auburn War Eagle. Um, actually my first <laughs> war damn. <laughs> war damn, at my first ever party as a freshman. Literally the Lock first time I ever went out. <laughs> he literally did first time I ever went out and it was at a, his fraternity party. And I saw this guy from across the party. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's cute. So I walked up <laughs> to him and introduced myself. I'm like, hey, I'm Abby. Introduced himself. He's like, hey, I'm Andrew. Um and I'm, you know, me being a freshman, I, I asked him like, oh, so what year are you? He's like, I'm a senior. I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna go because I didn't think he'd want to talk to me. Are you kidding? So, oh, trust um, me, he wanted to talk to you. <laughs> so yeah, later on that night, we ended up talking again, and um, the next day he slid into the DMs, classic, and Gotta love asked it. me, yeah, asked me to dinner, and then the rest was history. Basically, stayed with him all through college. I love that. And yes. you guys, I didn't even, I waited to the podcast to talk about Abby's engagement because I was like, I don't even want to know any details until we record. So tell me how it went down. Tell me how he did it. Because for everyone listening, I knew that Andrew was going to do this for a while. Abby even knew <laughs> that he was going to do this for a while, but we weren't sure when it was going to happen. And also please note that I've never met Andrew. How crazy is that, Abby? So freaking crazy. Doesn't that it, seem it, like, so blows weird. my mind. Yes, he, and he know you know him, like, and he knows you really well. Like we've Facetimed, we've Facetimed, yes. we've called, we've had a, we've had many double dates, just not in person. <laughs> yes, literally. <laughs> but oh okay, get into how how the actual engagement went down. I need to hear all the deets. Yes, so we were at his hunting camp. He has some hunting land uh, just north of Mobile, Alabama, where he's from, 
And, um, you know, it was just like a normal weekend being down there. We we're down there for Mardi Gras. And um, his family told me that they were going to have some friends over that had that owned a little bit of land like next to them. Like, OK, like, you know, normal. And they, you know, were making all this food. I'm like, damn, like this is a wow. I, I don't even know what to think about this. And um, <laughs> Andrew and I had came, come back in from riding around his land. I got a shower, was doing my makeup. And Amanda knows this. I take forever to do my makeup. Forever. So um, he made every effort to make sure I stayed in the bathroom as long as I possibly could doing my makeup. So like brought my glass of wine in there you know, took my laundry out from the bathroom. I'm like, oh my God, you're being so sweet. What, what a guy. Heck? I know. I'm like, okay, this is, I'm, of course he's sweet, but I'm just like, this is weird. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so then I got done, I got all dressed and thank God I dress cute. Usually I do not look cute around there. I'm just dressed in camo, like <laughs> no makeup. Well, you saw all the food and you're like, okay, this is an event. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So got a little bit more dressed up and he brought me out to this like other back patio that they have it's called they call it the pump house and um you know it's really beautiful back there it overlooks mm -hmm. all this land it has a big old fireplace and they had this huge display of food set up i'm like oh my gosh this is crazy and um his family was taking a little bit to get out there and uh so they eventually came back out there his brother was there his mom and dad and little did i know my family was waiting for me up like upstairs in the pump house like looking down at me the whole fam my whole family except for my joan. sister unfortunately joan my dad and my brother trent <laughs> they were all there <laughs> oh my gosh and um so there's a tradition in mardi gras where there's king cake and king cake is yes. kind of like monkey bread with icing on top and you have to right. stick this plastic baby in the king cake and it's you know whenever somebody finds the baby in the king cake they have to, I think, buy the next cake the next year. I don't know. His mom explained it to me, like, earlier that day for this reason. So, yeah. um, Andrew gets a slice of king cake, goes by the fireplace, and was like, hey, Abby, like, it's your turn to find the baby this year. And I looked at him, like, you obviously already found it. You're holding one piece of king cake in your hand. Like, <laughs> why do you want me to find this baby you already did? And he's like, just get over here. I'm like, okay, whatever. I get over there. And I look at the cake and it, I see this little silver thing in there. I'm like, what is that? Is that a nickel in there? Like, that is not a baby. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, he immediately just got down on one knee. I'm like, oh, so up until knee. this point, you had no idea that it was happening. I had no idea. And usually Which I Which is so sniff, crazy. Yes, I can sniff this kind of stuff out. Like, no tomorrow. Yeah. And I had no idea. He completely got me off guard. <laughs> and um and he got down on one knee and asked me he's like will you please make me the happiest man in the world and he pulled out the ring from the piece of cake oh my gosh my heart just sank <laughs> that is amazing because you know when like i've seen so many engagement proposals on youtube just videos of them and i don't know sometimes they're like very cliche and like other times yeah. it's literally just like will you marry me? Like, there's nothing to it. She's like, will you marry me? <laughs> exactly. I love that he did something so, like, unique and special. Yes. It was, it was really, really something else. Like, I was, I did just, it, he just did not, I was so surprised. I still am. Like, I'm still in shock about it. Um, yeah, in that ring, honey. It's honey. did a really good job. <laughs> <gasps> that thing is gorgeous. Thank you. I love it. It's exactly what I wanted beautiful did you pick it um, out no okay so actually um you know Lindsay. <laughs> you know <laughs> my friend Lindsay actually sent him a picture that was very similar to this ring and we were like she was my college roommate by the way and one of my best friends and we were like sitting on her bed in our college dorm not dorm our apartment and mm -hmm. i remember look we were looking at pinterest and i'm like oh my god look at that ring i love it and apparently she sent it to Andrew. She said, hey, you may want to look at this for the future. And he literally went off of that picture. So thank you, Lindsay. Shout out. Snaps to Lindsay. Lindsay, <laughs> shout out. Hell yeah. You're the most for your friends. I love it. Exactly. Well, congratulations. Gosh, I was thank like, you. 
Okay, and if if the audience doesn't know, this is two of my friends to get engaged literally in this this month, right? I think Kathleen got yeah. engaged this yeah. month too. Like earlier. Yeah, this it's month. crazy. It's crazy. So let's just get right into the podcast. I have a lot of questions that I want to ask you. First, I want to talk about you graduating college early because I've known you since high school. If anybody doesn't know, Abby and I went to high school together since like wait, do we do we meet in eighth grade? Eighth grade. Yeah, eighth grade. So yeah. we went to high school together and in high school, I don't think you planned on graduating early, did you? I did not. I did not. Yeah, I so had, how did that happen? Yeah. So all throughout college, you know, I got there and I joined a sorority. I was a Zeta at Auburn. And, you know, the first year I was super involved in that. And I'm, I'm really, truly am thankful for it because, you know, two of my best friends came from Zeta. and Sisters I've met- for life. Sisters for life. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, you know, I, I got to meet so many interesting people and it created so many connections for me in college and beyond, even when I moved to Nashville. But I just, I just didn't feel a need to stay there for four years. I felt that if I could optimize my time at Auburn and do the most that I could, I would be ahead of my peers by getting into the workforce ASAP, basically. Um, you know, they would be a year behind me and I would have already had a year experience in my chosen career. Um, so that was a huge part of it. And also, you know, I'm not going to lie. Andrew did play into it because he, her fiance, yes, my fiance, um, he was three years older than me. So he had graduated and joined the army and, um, he was going to be based up here at Fort Campbell, Kentucky and Tennessee, like on the border. Um, so after college, I immediately moved in with him and I started working and starting my career in Nashville. At what point did you realize you wanted to graduate early, though? Because when you met Andrew, was was that did that ultimately come in your mind like pretty quick, or was it something mm. that gradually you realized? Gradually, I realized like that that was not my immediate thought when I met him, um, and when he graduated. But I just realized that I was moving at a very, I for me, I was just moving at a slow pace in my courses and. I'm a, you know, Amanda and I, we're both very fast paced people. Like we like, mm-hmm. you know, we like action. We like, you know, we like getting stuff done and moving on to the next thing. And that was just honestly, like probably my end of my sophomore year, I realized I'm like, yeah, I could stay here for one more year and then I want to move on to the next step. And I think it, it really does differ for people in different majors. I mean, you were marketing, right? Right. So well, I feel PR. like PR. So I feel yeah. like, I mean, you went into it kind of knowing that's what you wanted to do so I feel like a lot of people I mean you go into something you pick a major not really wanting to do that major but you stick with it and then you end up changing it so the early graduation timeline isn't for everybody but I think for you it just worked because you knew what you wanted to do and you were so driven from the start my question then is because I know I mean we've talked but have you ever thought about you know if you had stayed, what that would look like? Have you ever, I don't want to say regret, but like, have you ever considered what, what it would have been like if you stayed that fourth year? Oh yeah. All the time. I mean, like I see my friends, you know, they're about to go on spring break and they're, you know, doing all of those senior things that Auburn seniors do, like, you know, rolling tumors corner for the last time. And you know, having nights out at Sky Bar. Like, I've had a couple of my best friends from Zeta, like, FaceTime me while they're out in Auburn. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I wish I was there so bad. Um, You know, and there are times where I do get a little bit of FOMO just because, like, I had a great – like, with Lindsay, shout out again. Like, I <laughs> we were such good friends, and we still are. She's one of my best friends. I, you know, I see, like, her out doing things, like, going to my favorite gym on campus, the rec. <laughs> um, you know, just doing all of, like, our normal everyday things that I took for granted back then, and now I, I really do miss it, but I'm so thankful to be here with Andrew and be starting my career early and, um, you know, just living life. Right, so I guess what I want to really hit home with is that, you know, if you're in college right now and you're feeling like, you can kind of speed up the process and you really are anxious to get into the workforce and just start your life. I think it's really worth just considering and like sitting on it a bit because yeah, there are some instances where it's good for you and that is a good path. But at the same time, like, like you were saying, like you still feel those FOMO things. It's just about like 
whether or not you think something's right for you. And I think for some people it totally is. And just, but other people, it's like, it's almost like, okay, you will get there, but don't rush it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Completely agree. Like, you know, if you're having apprehensions about it, don't do it. Like I, like as soon as I knew that I wanted to make that decision, like I was about it. Like I had no second thought in my mind that I wanted to do it. And, you know, not to mention it was a lot easier on my parents. Um, Right. So, you know, graduating a whole year early. So that's also something to take into into account. Um, You know, so definitely, definitely think about it. And, you know, don't do it if you're not ready. But if you are, go for it. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, I think this is something that you would definitely just have to implement like a pros and cons list. I mean, you had so many pros about graduating early, you know, Andrew and, and starting your career and things like that. And exactly. if if the pros outweigh the cons, I mean, still, it might not be the right choice just for your own sanity. But yeah, I mean, I think this could be something that jumpstarts everyone's career. I mean, like you said, now you're in the workforce and you kind of have like a year of experience when all of your peers are going to be coming out with nothing. So exactly. yeah, you do have, you know, some experience that kind of gives you an advantage. Speaking about the workforce, I want you to tell everyone what it's like after college to enter the workforce, because I know for someone like me who's still in college, the idea of getting a job is so confusing to me. I like don't know how to go about it. I mean, you see like LinkedIn or like, you know, friends referring you to places or having a good resume, but I just wanted you to talk a little bit about entering the workforce and some tips that you think are you know, good and productive at landing you a job and things that aren't good and productive at landing you a job. So after I graduated college, I had an internship lined up. Okay, well, actually, let me back, like backtrack a little bit. I actually did not graduate college as soon as I left Auburn. I was still a student that following summer. So I, okay, so I finished spring at Auburn, spring 2019. And then I, was still a student in the summer and I had to complete my internship and that was it and I would graduate so I moved in with Andrew right after spring and I did my internship in Nashville all throughout that summer and then graduated at the end of the summer at my internship I um, actually got connected like I said before um, through one of my sorority sisters with a guy in Nashville his name is Robbie Goldsmith and he owns a company called Batch Weekend and it was the best time ever <laughs> it um was a bachelorette party planning platform online that basically gives you an insider view of the best places to eat play and stay when you come to nashville for your bachelorette party and if you don't know nashville is the number one bachelorette party you know place in the entire world it's insane. yeah for like, sure you see bachelorettes everywhere so, you see um, dildo headbands everywhere walking around no, in the streets? Not necessarily. <laughs> Every <laughs> once in a while. Party buses everywhere. Party wagons everywhere filled with drunk girls screaming. They're all woo girls. Uh, there's just everybody's wooing all the time. No, no, seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was super fun. So I had more of a sales and marketing position there. So I managed the social media and I obtain new clients for batch weekend. So I used to sell our services and say, Hey, like we are a resource for brides coming to Nashville. Um, you'll get extra exposure to those girls. If you were to partner with us, be on our site, you know, partner with us for social media, stuff like that. It was really fun. And it taught me a lot about sales that I did not know before. It made me realize that, you know, that's one of the things that I was good at. And that also helped me with starting my own company, which I'll get to later on, but, um, right. So that was, how did you, how did you land that internship? Did you use resources from your school or where did you go about finding that? I found that internship through one of my sorority sisters in Zeta, actually. Um, she was going to work for Robbie and then, um, and did, that didn't end up happening for some reason. And then she connected me with him once she knew I was going to Nashville because she lived there at the time. Um, and so, yeah, so I got connected with him and we chatted a little bit and he offered me the internship and I actually worked for him for a couple of months after that as well, once the internship ended. So once the internship ended and you worked for him for a couple of months, you moved on to where? So he owned another company called Hustle Media and I worked there 
doing like normal social media marketing, uh, branding, and a little bit of web design. Um, and that's where I really got inspired to pursue what I'm doing right now. And um, so we handled clients in the entertainment industry, food and beverage, um, fashion, all kinds of different industries. So it was super fun. It gave me a very well-rounded view of social media management. So it sounds like most of the way you landed your jobs and your internships were through networking. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is all about who you know, seriously. So that being said, for people in college who, you know, are stressing about having a good resume or stressing about getting an appointment with the professional develop department or the advising team, do you think those things are important or like having a great LinkedIn profile? Do you think do you think those things are important or do you think it's more about putting yourself out there and meeting as many people as you can? I think everything's important, like making sure your LinkedIn looks good, making sure it's updated, making sure, you, you know, your personal branding through your resume and through your e-portfolio all looks, you know, on brand for you. You always want to make sure that, you know, whatever you're putting out there best presents who you are and what you're trying to do for the world, basically. Yeah, I think everything's important, but I really, really, really would emphasize networking and just making those connections, like using whatever whatever groups and communities you have right now to the, their best advantage. And, you know, just creating relationships with people as much as you possibly can, because you never know where that will lead you down the road. Right. It's like you want to open yourself up to so many different opportunities, because that's ultimately how you're going to get things that, you know, necessarily wouldn't have fallen in your lap had you just right. like applied to them instead of Absolutely. inquiring with somebody that you met who works at this place that you really want to be at. Mm -hmm. What I mean, we're both saying is it's about networking to get your foot in the door. But, you know, LinkedIn and a good resume and good personal branding all helps you once you get your foot in the door to land the job. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You you have to be confident and you have to have the self-assurance that, you know, you won't sound stupid when you talk to professionals. Like some people get so afraid being in college and thinking that, you know, they're too young or, you know, they're, they don't have enough experience. Like people, I'm telling you, people will take you if they just simply like you more than somebody with the full resume. Like, you you know, just just letting them know that you have the drive and you have the willingness to work for them and create relationships for their business. Like, it's just, you know, just just be confident. Right. It's like my aunt. She works for a marketing firm, too. And she says that so many young adults come into the office for interviews and they're so nervous to the point where the people who are interviewing them can't even get to know them. And really, yeah. that's all they're trying to do. It's like. They're just trying to get to know you because they want to know if you're going to be a good person to be around. That's ultimately what they want is like, yeah. you're going to be around these people every single day, 24 seven. So it's like, you, they just want to like you. So exactly. it's not even worth being nervous about whether you have the credentials or not, because you got to the interview. So once you're at the interview, just be you and be confident. It's like the whole fake it till you make it. I mean, not everyone's confident. I just listened to this other podcast. Matthew Hussey, he was talking about how confidence is a muscle and you have to exercise it. So oh my God. if you're not Absolutely. constantly exercising that muscle of confidence, you're obviously not going to be confident. It's not something you can just turn on. So you just really need yeah. to practice that and just fake it until it feels right. Absolutely. No, I, I completely agree. And even if it doesn't feel right, just keep on doing it. <laughs> right. Like, you, Seriously, because like, it will. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, even if you think that you're not ready to start, just do it. Just go all in. You know, that's how I started my company. I know we're going to get into that a little bit later. But, you know, there were some parts of me that did not feel ready at all. And I was so scared. And I was so I was just so afraid to make that jump. But once I did, it opened up so many opportunities for me. It's insane. Absolutely. Right. Insane. And I, and I think also too, people really like to see growth in companies and in brands and in people in general. So even if you launch something and you're not quite ready or you don't have like everything fully developed, that doesn't really matter because as long as you're adjusting to everything that's coming your way once you do launch it and once you're figuring things out and just growing throughout the process, I think people are going to notice that and they're going to see that development and they're going to know that you can get better. Okay, so after your internship, you landed a job doing kind of what your degree is in, but then you got 
into another job, correct? I did. After that, you realized at one point you wanted to quit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not going to badmouth anybody here, but I realized that the environment that I was working in, um, it was another marketing firm, like you said, um, just the environment, the working environment and the, um, you know, the person I was under was not ideal to work for. Um, and that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I just realized that I could do this on my own and I didn't need any help. I didn't need anybody telling me what to do that didn't necessarily know what they were talking about. Um, so, you know, and I just, I had every, like every bone in me told me that I needed to quit. And, you know, I taught like, you know, I have a few people that I really put my trust in and really, you know, come to for consult when it comes to business and just life in general, you know, and that two of those people, including my parents, I have a mentor in Nashville that I talked to a lot about a lot of those things. And, you know, Andrew, of course, and, you know, my parents are two of the best entrepreneurs I've ever known in my entire life. And, you know, of course, they were the ones to be like, oh, my gosh, go for it. Like, you know, of course, my mom was like, you know, are you ready? Like, do you know enough? Like, do you th really think you can do this on your own? And I said, yes, every single time with every just with every confidence in every word I said, saying yes, like I'm, I'm ready. And some mm -hmm. like it was especially the day before I knew I was going to quit. I kind of went back on it. I'm like, oh, my God, like, am I really ready for this? And one of the days that I was going to, I just didn't because I was I was kind of scared. Not kind of. I was actually really scared. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to act like I wasn't scared at all. So um, the day that I did, I got a little bit of work done for the company just because, I guess, out of courtesy. And, um, you know, about an hour into my nine to five shift that day, I looked at my boss and I'm like, hey, I have not been happy here for a while. I don't like this environment. Um, you know, I think I'm just going to venture out on my own. and that was basically it. And he said, okay, cool. You can go. I'm like, okay. Like I, I offered to do put into two weeks. Like everybody, everybody usually does. And I'm like, do you want me to work for the next two weeks? He's like, no. I'm like, Oh, do you want me to work until Friday? He's like, no, you can go. Like, <laughs> okay. You're like, all right, sweet. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so I know, I mean, like you said, quitting your job is so nerve wracking and I've been in a position where I have to quit a job too. And it's like, I, my heart races so much. I get yeah. like sweaty. It's like a visceral reaction. And I think, I think for most people, they think like, oh, I have an obligation to be at this company, even if I'm not happy. When it's like, if someone's not happy doing their job, they're probably not going to work as hard or put in the effort as hard to do well in that company and to do well for that company. So it's not right. in the company's best interest to have you there either. If you're not happy, exactly. if you're not but, all in, you better, you got to go seriously. Right. But I mean, still those kind of thought processes really hinder people because they're so scared of, you know, not living up to that obligation or just even doing the confrontation in general. So right. how did you talk a little bit about how you developed the confidence to do it? I had a lot in, lot of coaching sessions from Andrew. <laughs> I <laughs> talked about it with Role him playing. so much. It, literally, I'm not even kidding you. He was so supportive in this. Like, I, I'm, I'm so thankful for in a partner. Like he, he, you know, he's in the army and he bought us our house and I pay for utilities. And, you know, I told him, I'm like, look, I'm going to have enough money for a little bit to pay for utilities. And that's about it. He's like, oof. All right. <laughs> and um, he's like, okay, well, I believe in you. And he just kept telling me, he's like, I believe in you. I have every right to believe in you. You have given me every reason to believe in you. And that honestly was so motivating for me. And it was about a week that I had to live with that, you know, just being able to pay bill mentality. And because once I quit my job, it opened up so many opportunities for me and only me and not having to give that business to another business that I really wasn't passionate about. And that was the most fulfilling feeling ever was being able 
to go back to him and tell him about all the news and tell him about all the new clients that I got and him be so happy for me. Like it really was the best. And honestly, just having the support system to make that move was essential for me. If I like, I probably would have done it eventually, but not as soon if I didn't have the support of my people. And, you know, you need to surround yourself with a community that will support you with whatever sets your soul on fire. And that is what set my soul on fire was starting my own thing and being able to live my life on my terms. So I think a lot of where the confidence comes from is knowing that this other business venture that you're going to start is going to work and is going to be successful and is going to make you more happy. I think once you know those things, I think it's a little bit, I mean, I'm not saying it's ever hard or ever easy to quit your job, but I think it makes it a little easier to quit when you are so confident in the fact that this new thing is going to be so much better for you. Exactly. And, you know, I also do, I am aware that quitting your job is is a luxury because I know most people don't have, you know, a plan B to fall back on or they don't have that entrepreneur mindset where they have something secure. Honestly, Start finding little side hustles that you're passionate about and using that to supplement your income. And once it starts getting to the point where you can survive on that, then just quit. Just do it. Just literally jump it, jump off of the boat and just do it. Like Right. So it's about like having things in the work a little bit before you actually take exactly. that, you know, exactly. leap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just having th- like, you know, get started on something, whether it's your own e-commerce shop and getting that started, whether it's, you know, blogging or, you know, being an influencer and, you know, working with brands, anything like that. Once you feel comfortable with the financial situation that you're in and using those side hustles to supplement your income, it literally can be anything. Oh my gosh. Stop right. on the side. It doesn't matter. Like, right. Even like making your own jewelry and selling it, like yeah. something so basic, but something that you really enjoy that, you know, you can you know, like Abby said, supplement your income. Exactly. Exactly. So once, you know, I would not recommend quitting if you do not have anything to fall back on. And especially if you have a family that depends on it. And if you have children and you pay for your mortgage and you literally like you have to, you have to have that income, don't do it. And, you know, just wait it out and just kind of grind and figure out some side things that you can use to supplement your income. And yeah, like I said, once it gets to a good point for you, then then jump off. Yeah, so I totally agree. But now I want to talk about how you actually started your business. And I think this is something that, I mean, a lot of, this is something I'm so interested in. I think a lot of our listeners will feel the same way because whenever someone's like, yeah, I'm the CEO of this company or I founded this company, I'm like, how though? Like, I don't get it. I don't understand like how a business goes from an idea to like, the actual business and how everything comes to fruition. So you started your own company, you started your own business. And I kind of wanted you to just like walk us through the process, like step-by-step, like what's the first step to having, you know, starting your business besides having the idea to like the last step where it's actually, you know, a thing. You have to know what your product or service is going to be. So, you know, for me, I started my own social media management, branding and web design company. I knew those were the three core services that I was going to provide. And then I asked myself, okay, how am I going to provide those things? What are the, what are the, like the micro steps that go into those three core services? So for example, with social media management, I do content creation, audience engagement, competitor analysis, photography, influencer marketing, and paid advertising. Those are the different steps that I take to offer my comprehensive social media strategy service. So just going through and kind of nitpicking everything that you do so you can explain it easily to somebody that was, that would be interested in your service. And so you don't sound stupid, like, you know, know what you're talking about. Like, don't just say like, oh yeah, I do social media and not know the steps that go into doing it effectively. Like really, really dive in you know, read blogs, read articles, like, you know, research, do your research to know what you're talking about before you go and sell, sell your services to people. Because these are people that are really going to depend on you to get their word out there and get their mission out to their target audience. And they're going to be pissed if you don't know what you're talking about and you sold them on this service that is going to change their business and it doesn't. 
like really know that you can do this and that you are, this is who you are and what you serve, how you serve communities. So as far as having the idea and being confident in your services and knowing what you're going to offer and knowing that you can do it well, how do the like technical things work? Like, how do you go about like getting an LLC, doing all this and like getting your, your website up and targeting? Like, how do you go about actually creating the business on a business side? So I would recommend for any state that you're in, go to your secretary of state website and they have all of that information on for you. I made the mistake of going through like a third party provider to start my LLC and it overcharged the hell out of me. And it said that it was going to take a month for my LLC to even form in Tennessee. And it was just weird. I don't know. Just don't, don't, don't go through a third party provider. How much did it say, how much did it say that it would cost for the third party? It said that it was going to cost like almost $400 and it was a hundred (laughs) dollars less to do it through the secretary of state like it costs trust me it depends from state to state was that just to to apply Mm -hmm. it was just to well it was just to form your llc so Um, i just i just applied for a form to start an llc for just mans and it was only a 50 dollar deposit really yeah was it through the secretary of state yeah it was through secretary of state so guys don't go through third party (laughs) yeah no don't (laughs) Yeah. So uh, in Tennessee, it was one of the more expensive ones. It was like $300. Um, but I'm just like, all right, send it, whatever. <laughs> and, You're going to make that money um, back. It's profit. You know, you got to exactly, you got to exactly. um, invest money to make money. Exactly. Um, and thankfully for social media, you don't have to invest too much money. Um, you know, I have my few programs that I use, um, you know, for graphic design and for my scheduling and for my analytics. And that's pretty much it. I'm pretty thankful. And for Squarespace, for my website. Yeah, so after my LLC was formed, I officially went out and started doing, um, you know, and just started selling to different clients in Nashville and in Orlando, where I'm from, and, you know, pretty much all over the South. Because social media, the beauty of social media is that you can do it from anywhere. And um, so I just started selling everywhere. I I was selling out cold call emails. Um, I was calling random places. Uh, just literally anything. And I, you know, I stuck to a certain lifestyle industry. Like I stuck to like food and bev, entertainment, fitness, things that I'm passionate about. So I have a connection to what I'm doing social media for. And I think that is honestly the biggest thing. Like go for people that you're passionate about that fit your interests in your own lifestyle. Um, Because then honestly, it'll seem like a hobby to you doing social media for these people and or just and with not it would apply to anything like serve the communities that you're passionate about because then it won't feel like work yeah yeah I love that because you're totally right like I used to do social media for an interior design firm and I'm one and know nothing about interior design two I'm not really like that interested in interior design so it wasn't something that I wanted to get on and start and do every single day it was more of like it felt like more of a job so yeah you're right it's like if you're going to dive into your past passion project and make that your job, you might as well make it feel like a passion and like a hobby. So once you formed your LLC, you went and you found your clients. What do you think was the most effective thing that you did to find clients? Was it the cold call? Did you go walk from business to business just in your, in Nashville? What was the most effective? So I got, it was honestly kind of a mix. Like at first it was, usually from going from business to business and making that in-person impression. And I mean, I think that is the most effective way, you know, wherever, wherever you are. Like, I think, you know, meeting somebody in person, making that eye contact, shaking their hand and just letting them see you and who you, what your business is through you, through your persona is the most essential for selling. I also think in, in in-person sales is a lot harder to feel than a cold call. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think you're going to get more hits and more engagement going in person because people can't really avoid it because you're there. Exactly. Exactly. They can't run away or they can't right. not answer your email because you're literally sitting right in front of them. <laughs> right. Um, but I, you know, I actually have gotten a lot of, you know, more responses from my cold emails, I guess I would call it, than I thought. And I think it's because. I literally sent them an email speaking from my heart and speaking in my voice. 
like so okay yes let's get into this how i want you to get like super micro like when you go to email cold email somebody what is the process do you have kind of like a template that you use when you're emailing somebody yes so my like my hook that i use for the top of my for you know the first sentence of my email is meet your new best friend in the digital marketing world and i've gotten a lot of good feedback on there on from that love because, that love yeah, that because they're just like oh why why am i my, my, new, best my new best friend <laughs> <laughs> and yeah so they keep reading and i've gotten many of my clients that i've landed have said like that's what got me was that first hook line meet your new best friend in the digital marketing world like make like because i'm you know i'm very outgoing and i'm very friendly and like i try to make a friend out of anybody i meet and you know i i feel that that's very me that's very me talking to this person not just my business talking to this person because i do want to make a friend out of them i do want to you know like just make that connection with them and not just on a business side but on a personal level and like you know because i love to cultivate those relationships because it moves me farther in my personal life and in my business life. So I really just like, I just, I really would like to hammer home that like, just make sure that you're not so robotic when you're talking to these people because they can tell. They can yeah. so tell and they hate it. They really do. They just want some realness in this fake social media world that we live in. They really do. I really like that you said that though, because I feel like social media marketing is a very, populated industry right now and I think it's really easy for people to kind of get lost in the mix so I think you really do need to stand out and the fact that you know you go door to door and you put yourself out there and you you let people see you in person and you're bubbly and you're outgoing and you try to make them your best friend like that's gonna go such a long way because you're making the effort and that stands out that sets you apart from all the other marketing firms that they could have gone with exactly exactly it makes that like you know, you may not, like, you may have some sort of little imposter syndrome that tells you that, like, in the back of your mind, saying, like, oh, like, you know, you don't know enough to do this. Like, you're not experienced enough. You don't have the credentials to do this. But, you know, and sometimes I've had those thoughts in the back of my head, like, walking from door to door in businesses. And, you know, listen, like, just no one knows what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> Literally, I don't care if you were, like, a manager, a CEO, there are moments where people still don't know what the fuck they're doing. So like, yeah, I think imposter syndrome, I get it. It's real. I'm sure like I'll have it someday too. But like, I think it's kind of stupid because how do you think you're going to get somewhere? How do you think you're going to get from being somebody who wants to do this and somebody who actually does it? It's not thinking that you're like an imposter. Right. Right. And you know, and I've been, I've been subject to those thoughts a lot. And I just kind of brush them off and just say, no, no, like, this is just part of the process. This is part of me growing. Right. And sometimes everyone feels them. Yeah. And those thoughts will go away, you know, as the days go by and as you get more clients, as you gain that confidence, like just hearing, you know, going to an initial pitch meeting and, you know, meeting them for the first time and them saying like, oh, like, I just thought your proposal was amazing. Or I thought your, yeah. like, your email really, really got to me. And like that, you know, that hook line just really caught me and made me read it. Like that, those are just those little confidence boosters make it so worthwhile and just they make you feel like, oh my gosh, like this is what I'm meant to do. This is my purpose. Like then my purpose is serving these businesses and making these connections. Like that's what I feel every time I go to like come out of a good meeting. Like oh my gosh, like oh, all right, I can do this. And once and once you like yeah, and once you do kind of just do the whole fake it till you make it and be confident no matter what and just tell those thoughts of imposter syndrome to go away, you're going to realize that 95% of the people, even if you do slip up or you you don't feel confident when you're giving the speech, they're not going to fucking know, you know? They're so wrapped up in their own their own selves that they're not really paying attention to the fact whether you're actually confident or you're not. If you're coming off confident, you're going to come off confident. So right. you just got to go in there and literally – be confident and stop second guessing yourself because these people aren't actually going to be able to tell if you're faking it or you're not. Oh, not at all. But they are going to be able to tell if you're insecure and you actually don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. So it's just better to fake it anyway. Right. Right. So, you know, just put on a strong face, go in there, shake their hand, smile as much as you can, not weirdly, but just, you know, look them in the eye, tell them what, like, just be honest with them. Don't, don't fluff things up. They, they like it short and sweet. 
They don't like you to be too wordy. They don't like you to stay too long. Just be real with them, short and sweet. Tell them what you want to do for them, how you're going to do it. And they're going to be like, all right, cool, cool. Okay, I want to hear about your business. Tell everybody what your business is, everything, what it's called, everything about it. So my company is called Nova Social Company. We offer social media strategy, brand direction, and website design. And I did go into the steps of like my social media strategy, what I do. So I do content creation, um, audience engagement, photography, influencer marketing, and Facebook ads. And as well on the branding side, I do, you know, logo design, brand development, um, and management in the social media platforms. Um, okay, hold on. I'm going to pause you right there because I know we have a lot of listeners who probably are in the social media space and might want to, you know, get into the social media marketing space. Mm -hmm. Okay. Break down all of those things. Because like when people say brand strategy or brand direction, it's like, I don't have a marketing degree, so I don't know what those mean. So break those Mm -hmm. down. What does everything mean? What, like, what are you getting when you say you're doing content creation or brand direction? So, you know, within social media strategy, for example, we have content creation. So that's going in and using the company's brand to create content that will be cohesive across the so- all of the social media platforms. So that's, you know, using their brand colors, their brand fonts, you know, what mood board they want to go off of, you know, to create that vibe that will breathe life into their social media platforms. So it's cohesive, not only across social media, but throughout their entire, their entire business. So I love that, you know, so Creating content, you know, includes custom photography, graphic design, and every honestly curating, not necessarily stock photos, but shared photos from other creators on Instagram and using that on your feed that adds to the value of your brand and more of the mission that you stand for. Um, so that's really just like, you know, creating, a, like I said, like a cohesive feed that you know, exemplifies what your business is, your ideas, your thoughts, you know, things that you find funny, things that you don't find funny, things, just everything about you guys and your business's personality is what I'm trying to say. Like, you know, just, I guess, personifying who your business is and what you want your audience to know. So on the branding side, um, I actually recently created a, um, style sheet and new logo for an interior designer down in Orlando and she was she just felt that it was a little bit outdated it was a little bit early 2000s um so she wanted to just which this 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 is my aunt everybody my aunt Anne, and yeah it was very outdated (laughs) very early 2000s (laughs) but I still love it it's so cute I love the colors but um it's very her And um, she just wanted to really sharpen her image and, you know, kind of one up with the other interior designers that are her her competition. So I did. So how I go into that process is I do a little bit of research on what the top designers are doing nowadays, what their branding looks like, what their vibe is, what their logos look like, like what fonts are using, um, just all of the above. And I go in and. I speak with Anne and her team about what they want, who, like, how they want their audience to perceive them. And then I kind of go into work. I use color psychology. I use, um, you know, I do research on different font selections that, you know, what kind of vibe that per- that embodies. So, like, you know, Anne, for example, wants to go for, like, sharp glam. Like, you know, kind of going for, like, that black, white, and like, it kind of a little bit more moody than she is right now. Like right now she's very mm-hmm. bright and colorful and that's very much Anne. Like, and I love that about her, but she just wants to kind of tone it down a little bit and make it more mm-hmm. seductive. almost. Like it's very, yeah. And a little like, bit more versatile. I feel like exactly. So that's kind of the brand that she wanted to go for was very versatile, very, you know, can go across all walks of life in the design world. So that's what I try to do for her. And she li- really, really loved the results. And we're actually remodeling her website as well um, with that new branding. And what goes into website design is uh, I use Squarespace. Shout out Squarespace again. <laughs> I use Squarespace it, um, too. Love it. Oh, yeah. I love it so much. And um, using that that platform to really, you know, I, I 
love the template that they give you. Um, and, you know, it's super easy to use. And super user-friendly. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Super user-friendly, and the designs are killer. I absolutely love it. I use it for my website. I'm going to use it for all the websites that I make. Um, so I use Squarespace templates um, to go off of, and I do make it my own. Um, and I also work with Anne and her team on the copy just to make sure that um, they are having a say with what goes on the website as well. And, um, you know, and I do give them advice on, you know, what kind of copy should go where. And I also outsource my SEO strategy because I did not know the least thing about SEO at all. And so I found um, my partner of sorts. Her name is Alex Johnson. She's actually out in Denver, Colorado near Amanda. Shout and, out. And oh, her company is called Hey Sugar SEO. And this girl, I'm telling you, she is an SEO machine. She knows everything about it. Um, so if you ever need help, definitely go to her. Um, she's <laughs> Hey Sugar SEO on Instagram. Um, but she has taught me so much. Like, you know, what to do with meta tags, what to do with backlinks, like how you do site mapping. Like no idea how to do that at all well what's so interesting about that is that you've got a marketing degree a pr degree so mm -hmm. it's interesting that they don't teach things like seo which are really really important for social media business or, or strategy and companies that are doing social media for people it's so important to know how to do ceo or oh seo God. yeah like it's 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 essential absolutely essential and right um yeah it's something that definitely needs to be revisited when you're thinking about course curriculum definitely for any marketing degree and i think the marketing i think the marketing degrees need to be geared way more towards social media marketing and advertising because that's the way that the world is going it's not so much like i mean i don't know you probably know more about like what the curriculum was but i feel like it was it's just a little bit outdated it, it's extremely outdated and the problem is like it's just only going to grow more and more and more a lot of the things that i've learned about my business i taught myself and, you know, there's a part of me that wants to tell schools like, hey, like this is stuff we really need to know. This is stuff that y'all need to dive into and create a course cur curriculum that meets the needs of today's digital world. 100 percent. So I know that Skillshare is a really great resource for people who want to learn anything, really, whether it's like in the marketing field or photography or podcasting, anything. But do you do you think people need a degree in marketing, communications, PR to get into something like social media marketing? And if you don't think that they need a degree, what tips do you think that you would give them if they wanted to start something if they didn't have a degree in it? So I do not think that you necessarily have to have a degree in it because, like I said, like I taught a lot of what I know to myself and just researching and just honestly, I would highly recommend uh later media's blog they have taught me so later media how do you spell it l-a-t-e-r media m-e-d-i-a and just go to their website and up in the top right corner they'll have their blog and they have such great advice on you know how the algorithm is working currently and you know when's the best time to post and you know, what kinds of posts are getting the most traction as of today? And because it's constantly changing and they are so up to date with everything. So I would highly recommend that as a huge resource to go off of when you're creating your social media strategy and branding and web design. They have everything on there. Um, so I find it extremely valuable. Um, and I actually have never taken a class from Skillshare. Will you tell me a little bit more about it? So Skillshare is just like an online platform. You do have to sign up for a membership. I'm not sure or a subscription. I'm not sure how much it is. I have one because I think I did the free trial and I never canceled it, <laughs> which I think is how everything takes my money nowadays. <laughs> but um, yeah, so Skillshare is just like this platform where you can go and look at video tutorials and like little courses on whatever you want, whether it's like learning how to optimize your social media or learning how to take better photos for social media. There's just like a lot of social media geared tutorials on there and they're quick they're efficient they're really knowledgeable and helpful and it's just I think it's it's probably one of the easiest ways to learn because everything's so digital you want to do something you want to be able to learn on your own time because that's you know for me it's like 
I'm going to school all day and then I'm doing work. So when I want to learn about blogging or doing better with my my um editing for my photos on Instagram, it's like I want to do it at night when I'm in bed and I can just do it really quickly. So right. Skillshare is really great for that. So that's another tip that you guys should look at if you know you're wanting to get into the industry. So before we go, I want you to kind of just walk us through a day in the life because I feel like again, like we've been talking about, the world of marketing has changed so much and most of your work is done from remotely from like coffee shops are at home. So mm-hmm. walk us through a day in your life from the minute you wake up to the minute you go to bed, just your day, what you do. Even tell us like your breakfast, your workout, just everything. Okay. So um so I probably wake up about six forty five. I don't know why. I don't even set an alarm in the morning anymore because I don't have to. Um gosh you're getting old. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I wake up well, it also doesn't help that Andrew has to wake up for PT in the morning at 5 a.m. So right. I usually wake up when his alarm goes off. He gets out of bed, scoots out the door, and then, you know, I usually try to go back to sleep, and I usually do. Sometimes I just don't want to just lay there for an hour, hour and 15. I'm like, all right, screw this. I'm just going to get up. <laughs> so sometimes yeah. I wake up as early as 6 a.m., and I just I get up, I make my coffee, I turn on Parks and Rec, and I have my little leisurely morning for about an hour <laughs> and <drink my> coffee, <laughs> eat my oats, eat oats every single morning. I'm a huge oat girl. And Love um, it. then I start my work and I probably work nonstop. What time? Yeah. Out. What time do you probably, start it? I would say 8am I start working and then I don't stop until um, probably about 12. I eat some lunch and then I go work out and I come back and I, work some more <laughs> so I'm what time much... so you go you eat lunch at, at noon and then you go mm-hmm. work out and then what time do you get back to start work again I uh, well right, as of right now I've been working at my garage because Andrew bought me a Peloton so that's super nice and love he also put a squat rack with weights and a curl bar in our garage as well he's really really spoiled me with that one so you gotta love the 21st uh, century we're just doing everything from home nowadays yeah sometimes I don't leave the house because I get too busy and it literally will take so much time to even go to the grocery store because I have so much work I have so much more work to do now than I ever did working for somebody else like well right I, because it's all on you too yeah exactly I have to keep up with I have so many more balls I have to keep in the air like yeah I, it's crazy like you know whether it's you know, doing engagement for my clients and making sure they're all up to date, like replying to con- like just like little things that do take up a lot of time, like, you know, keeping up with their social media, replying to customer comments, um, you know, making sure everything's in line with them. And then I on top of that, I have to manage the social media for my own business and make sure that that's all on top of everything and make sure that I'm engaging with others so I can grow my own audience and grow my clientele. And, you know, not only am I worrying about them, but I'm also worried about myself. So it's just, you know, it can be a lot. You're, you're wearing, and you're wearing a lot of hats. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, you know, and then Andrew comes home, like talking about my, I guess the rest of my day, like, you know, I pretty much work until Andrew comes home about five and we make dinner together and we watch a movie or we just talk and then we go to bed. <laughs> so do you think. Do you think working from home, do you think it's ever hard to shut it off? Like, do you, are you pretty good about shutting it off once Andrew gets home? Or do you still sometimes just work into the late hours of the night? Oh, yeah. I still work in the late hours of the night. Like, you know, if he just, you know, he loves playing like Battlefield or whatever on the Xbox. So what a nerd. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I call him that all the time. But um, yeah, he'll just start <laughs> playing his Xbox game. And I'm like, all right, well, if you're going to do that, I'm going to continue to work. So. Sometimes we'll just like sit in silence for like two hours and he's gaming and I'm working. Yeah. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much married life. I'm not even married yet, but there it is. Soon. (laughs) Okay. Well, I love that. So I I do want to ask though. So do you, do you ever feel like that's kind of like a downfall of having your own business and being able to work from home is that you don't really have set hours and, you know, I think that also can translate and cross over into like emails, especially like, you know, before it's like, okay, you know, that people aren't going to answer your emails 
and after before nine or after five. But it's like now, since you can work any time of the day, really, because you can do it from home. Do you think that people are like, oh, I can email and I, you know, I should expect to hear back right away because you know that they're on their laptop. Like, do you think that kind like the, I guess, a crossover into like work life and home life is a downfall? Or do you think it's more of like something that benefits you? So it can go both ways, honestly. Like I, I do have a pretty good um, boundary setting technique when it comes to like clients, like saying like, oh, I need this now. Like, and they're texting me or emailing me at 10 p.m. Like that's, that's not going to fly. Like I'm probably already asleep. Um, <laughs> so right. I actually, I send out, a, whenever I land a new client, I send out a client welcome book and it kind of lays out, you know, what the timeline looks like in terms of when their work is going to be done, when we're going to have our biweekly meetings for phone calls, um, you know, what, you know, certain things, like emergency situations, like if they, you know, had kids, like, for example, like I do social media for a fitness trainer. And if she's really sick and has to cancel all of her appointments for that day with her clients, she, you know, I kind of deem that as like an emergency situation and I'll post on her story without her, with, you know, with, out it being planned and be like, hey, you know, I'm so sorry, but all of my, you know, I, I'm super sick. All of my appointments are going to be canceled for today. Right. Like that, that is something that I'd be totally willing to do. But I do ask that they give me at least 24 hours notice before they want me to post something that's out of the scheduled post they already have for them. Um, you know, and if it's like I said, like if they just, if it's something super, super small and minuscule, like, I'll do it. Like, if they just text me throughout the day and say, like, hey, like, can you just comment this? It's fine. But Right. So, it basically depends on, like, what, what the task is to do outside of business hours. If it's going to take and... me, like, a couple hours to do, then they got to give me, like, 24 hours notice. Because I want to make sure right. that I'm doing doing it well and I'm, it's going to be effective. I don't want to half-ass anything. So, you know, and also I do lay out the fact that, like, hey, like, you know, social media works 24-7, but I don't necessarily. Um, Love that. Love that. Yes. So I tell them that I will be on my phone for them to text me or email me or whatever from 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. And on weekends, they can they can wait till Monday for me to reply about anything business related. Which and is I, so know, nice because it's so nice because I feel like we live in such a boundary-less world right now. And that's really not like something that we should be preaching because we need boundaries for our own sanity. And it's like you like this is your work. And yes, you can do it 24 hours a day whenever you want. But like this is your work and you still have your your other life. You know, you have your personal life that you need to like tend to too. So like for your sanity, like people need to implement boundaries. And I don't think people are doing enough of that. So I love that you, you know, say that, you know, like you if you need to get me if you need to reach me on the weekends like you can wait till monday because most of the time you can yeah exactly if it's something emergency like if there is an emergency and i need to know of course i'm going to check my phone i just you know i may not reply or i may say like hey like you know i'm with my family or i'm out in nashville partying i cannot do this right now sorry and it's on a saturday you know you've got to understand so you know, right. they usually do understand, but if I see it's like, like this needs to be done, like it's an emergency, I will do something about it. But, um, you know, but boundaries do need to be set. And like you said, like social media is a very boundaryless industry and, you know, just, just setting little ones, like, like it's honestly like, it's as if I'm a normal nine to five, but right, you're just, and it's like a normal business, but you know, I just probably won't reply or I'll say like, Hey, like I'll, you know, can we talk about this in the morning? Right. I love that. Okay. Well, before we go, I would love for you to share one thing with the audience, whether it's like just some tips for starting your own business or like a book reference that you really like, or just maybe something or somebody that helped you and helped your brand succeed. Just give the audience a little tip or a resource for them. So if you want to start your own business, nobody is going to motivate you more than yourself. You have to have every in like ounce of confidence in yourself that you can do this and that you can set yourself apart from the competition by being you by being authentically you and I know that's so cliche everybody on social media is going for the authentic look but seriously it's so true and it's getting the most traction nowadays is the real 
filterless look of you and who you are and what you're and what you stand for in your business and i like i there's really you know you can read all of the articles and you can read all of the books and they help you find your ideas and find out how you're going to run your business and you know what you want your brand to be and like you know they can give you all the advice in the world and you can have the best community in the world and I'm so glad that I do but you are the only one that is going to quit your job and start your own thing and create the life that you want to live so honestly just have the faith in yourself don't wait for anybody else to tell you that it's okay and give their approval and don't wait for that book that inspires you to just you know to jump off and do it on your own just just do it literally just do it i love that so much okay abby tell everybody where they can find you social media pimp out your business social media as well okay so my personal instagram is abby harley underscore that's a b b y h a r l e y underscore soon that might be bradley so um so oh (laughs) (laughs) that's so weird so I know. Um, but my business Instagram is Nova Social Co. On Instagram is N-O-V-A-S-O-C-A. Or no, I spelled it wrong. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving this in. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Nova okay, spell Social it again. Co. N-O-V-A-S-O-C-I-A-L on instagram and it's the same on facebook and my website is www.novasocialco.com i love that so much well abby thank you so much for coming onto the podcast thank you amanda it was so much fun thank you guys for listening yeah so there you guys have it another episode of just man's the podcast i hope you enjoyed and i will see you guys back here next week thank you